Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show, the Royal Rumble go-home show for January 24th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much for joining me wherever you may be on your Monday night. Tonight's show, man. I listen. You know, normally I'm very, uh, I'm very negative about Monday Night Raw, man. Most of the time, I'm very negative about Monday Night Raw, and this is, I'm sure, going to 
be the narrative on Wrestle Geeks and all these other fucking PG-esque podcasts, post-shows, reviews in the IWC. Oh, Monday Night Raw's on an upswing, Bruce, because Wrestle Geeks said so. No, Monday Night Raw is not on an upswing. No, Monday Night Raw is not turning a corner. No, Monday Night Raw is not uh, seeing better days. No. No, it was a good show thanks to the in-ring product that they gave us tonight. There was a lot of very good wrestling on this show tonight. A lot of good wrestling. And even I, who apparently has developed this reputation in the community for being the guy that wants work rate and work rate only, which is completely untrue. But tonight was a good show. Tonight was a good show. Royal Rumble go-home show. We are heading towards the Royal Rumble Saturday in St. Louis. Obviously, I will be live. It is one of the biggest post shows of the entire year. I'm sure you guys, everybody here, will be in attendance, make sure you guys RSVP to the venue. It's going to be rocking and rolling, man. I'm going to have the beverages on ice. Titus is going to be pumping out food in the kitchen. It's going to be good, man. So make sure you guys tune in on Saturday night. But the Royal Rumble is this Saturday. WWE is getting everybody ready for the Royal Rumble. And this show particularly didn't really do anything to build up the Royal Rumble that we haven't already seen. It was more of the same. But we got a tremendous match with Austin Theory and AJ Styles. We got a tremendous match with Randy Orton and Chad Gable. And we got a very good match with Damian Priest and Kevin Owens for the United States Championship, man. So uh, Monday Night Raw was not as offensive as it usually is tonight, right before the Royal Rumble. So we're going to go over the show tonight. And I don't really have uh, any real complaints about anything on the show Uh, That main event segment, though, that Miz and Maurice, Edge and Beth Phoenix segment was the drizzling shits. But the entire feud has been the drizzling shits. So I'm not really surprised that that segment was as bad as it was. Because that's the basis of this entire feud, pretty much. And I can't wait for it all to be fucking over. I just want it to end. Let's move on. Let's get Edge into a program with... uh, AJ Styles, preferably at WrestleMania. I think that would be a a very good thing to start building towards after the Royal Rumble. Also, we got news on Ronda Rousey. We got news on Ronda Rousey. I'm not going to go too much into it because I plan on recording uh, an off-the-script episode for tomorrow for you guys. But there is rumblings. There is rumor of Ronda Rousey And her appearance taking place at the Royal Rumble. And supposedly, WWE has plans in place for Ronda Rousey to be at the Royal Rumble, in the Royal Rumble. And then obviously, plans for WrestleMania. And then Roderick Strong, he was also backstage tonight with LA Knight. Both of those guys are on NXT 2.0, as you guys, I'm sure, or I'm sure you guys are aware that Roddy and L.A. Knight are on NXT Tuesday night. They were backstage during Raw tonight, and they had dark matches yet again, and this is the second set of dark matches that these two have had. And Roddy tonight, I got news on what happened to him. Roddy may be out 
Roddy may be out of WWE before all is said and done. So we'll go over that story that actually broke during Raw, and uh, we will go over the review of the show, as always, right here on Off The Script. Today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Wrestle Rumble. WrestleRumble.com, man. You want to have fun during the Royal Rumble? I know you do. I know everybody's excited for Brock Lesnar. I know everybody's excited for Bobby Lashley and the WWE title. Some of you may be excited for Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I'm particularly not excited about that match, but I know it's going to be one hell of a match for the Universal Championship. And who doesn't like the Royal Rumble, man? Who doesn't get excited for the Royal Rumble? Has the Royal Rumble been lackluster the past several years? Yes. Yes. But WWE always brings a level of excitement for the Royal Rumble. And you guys can add even more excitement to the Royal Rumble by playing WrestleRumble.com or going to WrestleRumble.com and playing WrestleRumble. You guys have the opportunity to win $1,000 in cash. That sounds like a pretty good fucking deal to me if you ask me, man. All you got to do is go to WrestleRumble.com. All you have to do is go to WrestleRumble.com, and you guys will see all the rules and regulations there. I even put the graphic up for you right here on the live stream, man. First place gets $1,000. Second place gets $100. Third place gets $100. And all you guys got to do is go to WrestleRumble.com and fill out your entries, man. Make sure you go to the website. One entry is $10. Three entries is $20. And five entries into the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble pool is, as you see there, $30, man. That's a great, great deal. Some of the questions that will be asked during the Wrestle Rumble pick them. You guys are going to be asked questions, and you're going to answer them to the best of your ability. And the more you get right, the more points you earn. The more points you earn, obviously, you're going to have a greater chance of winning that $1,000. Some of the questions will be, will AJ Styles be one of the final three remaining wrestlers in the Royal Rumble? Who will be the last wrestler eliminated in the Royal Rumble for the men and women? And will Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar go over or under 13 minutes? Sounds like a great deal to me, man. You guys want to have fun during the Royal Rumble? Wrestle Rumble brings that fun to you. And I love Wrestle Rumble, man. I'll be playing so you guys can compete against me and other podcasters and other content creators and other fans in the IWC. Once again, that's WrestleRumble.com. Go and check it out, man. I love it. And I love the team over at Wrestle Rumble. They support me greatly. And I want to show some love to that great Great team over at Russell Rumble. So that's WrestleRumble.com. Make sure you guys go over there and check it out. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all, and I mean all, of the content on the channel. Last week, man, there were two podcasts, episode 404 and 405 of Off the Script. We did a JD Reads hate mail Reddit. On Sunday, we did Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, you name it, man, and everything in between. There's so much content from last week. 
Go and check it out. It's all on the homepage. Make sure you guys go hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Continue to hit that join button. Make sure you guys become VIPs in the OTS venue. You guys get those emotes and those custom badges next to your name. You guys get early access when available for content. It's a great deal, man. $4.99. Hit that join button and you guys can be a VIP along with the rest of us here on Off The Script. We're nearing 300 channel members in total, man. I'd love to get that to a nice round number of 500. So let's see if we could do that, man. Hit that join button down below and become a VIP. Make sure you guys go to bonfire.com, the exclusive home of OTS. All the merchandise you need for the podcast is on Bonfire, man. There's a sale right now, and there will be a sale all week for Rumble Week, man. You guys can save 15% off everything on the site. All you guys have to do is use the promo code JDRUMBLE on bonfire.com. 15% off everything on the website. If you guys were thinking about getting a t-shirt or a mug or anything on there, now's the best time to do it, man. One week rumble sale. Sounds good to me. That's bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. And I just want to thank you guys for all the overwhelming love and support, man. I feel like it's going to be a big week, and I'm glad you are making OTS your home this Royal Rumble week. Yes, please hit that thumbs up, man. We got uh, 518 likes right now. Uh, Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We should try for 1,000 minimum, minimum on the live stream today. We got almost 2,000 people in the venue for this Monday Night Roll review. Also, get your Super Chats in. We will be reading all your Super Chats at the end of the show. You guys can tell me how you felt about tonight's go-home show for Monday Night Raw. Let's start with the news, man. Let's start with the news. I'm not going to read all the Ronda Rousey news because I want something to talk about tomorrow, but I'm going to go over the basics of the situation, being that Ronda Rousey is probably going to factor into the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship plans. Fightful on Fightful Select is reporting that WWE has been pushing hard to get Ronda Rousey on this year's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Why? Because their women's division flat out sucks. And they want to make a big deal in the Women's Royal Rumble because if you look at the field of women announced, there is not one single woman in that battle royal, in that Royal Rumble, that WWE is going to give that match to. Charlotte Flair is the biggest name in the Royal Rumble, and she's not winning the Royal Rumble because it would defeat the purpose of her WrestleMania match. And the whole purpose of the Royal Rumble is to find out who wrestles Charlotte Flair, not for Charlotte Flair to take a fucking WrestleMania vacation. Rhea Ripley's not winning the Royal Rumble. The only person on that list of of women that is a very good chance of winning it is Bianca Belair. And you, you know how I feel about that. I don't think Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch is the match I'd like to see at this year's WrestleMania. On the other hand, I don't know what Bianca Belair does at WrestleMania if she's not in there against Becky Lynch. Maybe that's where Bailey comes into play because Bianca was still feuding with Bailey and Sasha and all that stuff, and they could just pick that up and have that be Bianca's WrestleMania feud, which is not really the Raw Women's Championship. It's not really the plan that people thought WWE was going to be giving Bianca Belair, but at least it's something. 
And there should be at least two women's matches on both of those nights, on night one and night two. Both championship matches and a, uh, I guess, uh, plan B as far as what other big storylines are going on in WWE. They could do Bianca versus Bayley. And on SmackDown, they could do Naomi versus Sonya Deville in some sort of stipulation match or or whatever the fuck they want to do. I've been advocating for Naomi to win the Royal Rumble. I don't know how likely that is. I don't see WWE going all the way with Naomi. I know I know she's a fan favorite, but I just don't see it. As far as the storyline goes, it makes sense for Naomi to win the Royal Rumble. Otherwise, what are we doing here? It just seems like they're setting up Naomi to win the Royal Rumble. But then, if Ronda Rousey is in the Royal Rumble, according to Brian Alvarez, he confirmed the news on Wrestling Observer Live today that Rousey will indeed be returning at the pay-per-view. And Alvarez said this, and I quote, I was told that Ronda Rousey will be in the Royal Rumble. End quote. I mean, if she's, if she's in the Royal Rumble, then more than likely she'd have to win it, right? Who's going to eliminate Ronda Rousey in the Royal Rumble? And if she's in the Royal Rumble, why would she even be in there if she's not scheduled to win it? And you all know WWE has wanted to do Ronda versus Becky one-on-one That window is very much closing on WWE. They could do it in Los Angeles, but is Ronda going to want to do it in Los Angeles in 2023? I don't know. Becky's the champion now. Ronda just had her kid not too long ago. And now she's, I'm sure, training for a comeback of some sort. But now's the best time to probably do it. And that's where WWE's mentality is. It's probably the best time to do it now. Ronda may not want to do it next year. Ronda may be unable to do it next year. She may have kid number two. We don't know. But Becky's the champion now. So that's what WWE is thinking. We got Becky here. We got Ronda here. We wanted to do it. So why not do it? And they're promoting this thing as the most stupendous, the most horrendous two-night WrestleMania in history. So I could definitely see WWE doing Ronda versus Becky at the Royal Rumble. And it kind of goes along with Becky's gimmick as well. She's been absolutely cringe and obnoxious. And it would really play into Becky's quote-unquote heel character if Ronda comes back and kind of pushes her around and gets revenge on Becky Lynch because she's been terrorizing the Raw Women's Division with this current shitty gimmick that she's got right now. Rousey has not wrestled since WrestleMania 35 in 2019, where she lost the Raw Women's Championship in a triple threat match that also involved Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. It should not have included Charlotte Flair, but boo-hoo-hoo, wah-wah-wah-wah, the crying Charlotte Flair. You know, she needs to be in the main event because she's Charlotte Flair, even though the main event didn't need her, and and then she didn't deserve to be there on top of that. But she was there. There were talks to bring her back much sooner, but the pandemic and then her pregnancy delayed those plans. Wrestlingnews.co was also told, another website was told that WWE wanted to do a Rousey versus Lynch singles match at last year's WrestleMania in Tampa, but it was uh, not to be. And WWE may be going forward this year with a full Texas stadium, uh, an AT&T stadium in Dallas, Texas. So it, it may be that WWE is going for this match right now because it's their last chance for it to happen, and they wanted to do it all these years. Um, I don't really like the idea. I don't like the idea of Ronda Rousey winning the Royal Rumble. 
I don't like the idea of Ronda Rousey being back in WWE, period. This is a situation, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow on episode uh, 407, I believe, it's going to be of the podcast. I, I, don't, I don't get how people can be excited about this. You do realize that this is the very reason why WWE and their women's division is the drizzling shits right now. They always rely on people like Ronda Rousey. They always rely on on Lita and and all these returning divas to fill in the gaps. It shows WWE's inability to create new, blossoming, fresh new stars. They're afraid to do so. They don't want to push new women. But they're okay with bringing back Ronda Rousey. How much value does Ronda Rousey have right now? She's been pregnant. She's been out for two years. She's not doing UFC anymore. You know, the longer Ronda Rousey sits out, the more she loses value. The only value she's going to have is amongst this crowd, and that's it. The only value she's going to have is amongst the WWE universe, quote-unquote. It's not going to be the same as it was when she first joined the company. Is it going to make headlines? Sure, it will. Not to the extent that I think it did a couple years back. And WWE dropped the ball on Ronda Rousey and the women's revolution to begin with. Everything that Ronda did, I praised. A lot of people I know praised. WWE built the women's division with Ronda Rousey at the the top of the division as the face of the women's revolution. Because, again, they did not trust one of their own to do so. It needed that extra push. Ronda had the star power to get the women's revolution where it needed to be. When Ronda lost the title to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, what did WWE do with the women's revolution that Ronda had built up for them, basically handed it to them on a silver platter? They did nothing. The women's division was dead the next day after WrestleMania. Becky Lynch feuded with Lacey Evans all the way up until SummerSlam until Sasha Banks came back and Becky and Sasha had one hell of a mini feud going through Hell in a Cell. That was it. After that, WWE did nothing with the women's division. It's where you see it right now. It's much worse than it was then right now. WWE wasted everything. They wasted everything that Ronda Rousey did. And now you want to bring her back? It's more of a slap in the face to the women this second time around because you brought her in the first time to get the job done. She did, and you guys dropped the ball. Now you want to bring her back because you don't trust in anybody else in that locker room. They're not big enough for WrestleMania. They're not big enough to be in the ring with Becky Lynch. How do you think that women's locker room feels seeing Ronda Rousey back again, getting the opportunity that they think they deserve? How do you think those women felt the first time Ronda Rousey walked into that company? You know, some of them were happy and some of them were upset. They might have played along and seemed happy, but deep down, some of those women were upset because that's another spot, another another opportunity that WWE isn't giving to somebody creatively that has been there all year. All because they're not named Ronda Rousey. I don't agree with it. WWE simply doing it because of their inability to create anything interesting in the women's division, and that's a slap in the face of everybody in that locker room. WWE could have had the best women's division in the United States on both shows, and they fired how many women? 
I don't care what you think of Ronda Rousey, and I don't care what you think of the value Ronda Rousey supposedly has. The value in WWE is not these Band-Aid solutions. The Band-Aid solutions are the fucking WWE way of life. I'm sick and tired of them. WWE's cure to their problems here, their solution to their problems is building for the future. You may have the next Bianca Belair on your roster. You wouldn't fucking know it because you're too busy praying and hoping Ronda Rousey picks up the fucking phone call from Stanford, Connecticut. Shame on the company. And there'll be brainless, mindless fucking zombies that are out there on social media praising this decision and they don't realize the effect that it truly has on the women's division. Then I got to hear from these same fucking people how they're all pro-women's wrestling, but you're advocating for something like this. Give me a fucking break. Complete hypocritical idiots in the entire community. Ronda Rousey is a terrible thing for the women's division. What happens at WrestleMania? Does Becky beat Ronda? She comes back for what? She's not going to stay. I can't imagine Ronda Rousey staying. Does she beat Becky Lynch? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Has anybody thought about that? What, what's, the, what's the outcome here? What is the outcome here? It's either one of two things. Becky Lynch beats Ronda Rousey, and we continue this reign of terror on Monday Night Raw, and then Bianca gets Ronda's scraps at WrestleMania Backlash, and then moving on into the summer. Or Ronda Rousey wins the fucking title, and then what happens? I thought that spot was supposed to be for Bianca Belair. All I heard was, hey, J.D., Shut up, let it play out, is what I heard. Let what play out? Seems like WWE's played out on Ronda Rousey uh, or Becky, uh, Bianca Belair, rather. Seems like they're played out on Bianca Belair and they're going all in on Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. I don't know, man. I don't know. We will see what happens. But uh, tomorrow we will talk about the current plan for Ronda Rousey Coming into the Royal Rumble, after the Royal Rumble, going into WrestleMania. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the podcast that I will upload tomorrow afternoon on the channel. So look forward to that. We got news on Roderick Strong. There are signs that Roderick Strong could be on his way out of the company. Former NXT Tag Team Champion, former NXT North American Champion, former 
NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Roderick Strong has been a staple on NXT when Triple H was there. And he remained after all of his buddies left him high and dry for greener pastures on AEW television. He was still used. He was one of the last remaining pieces of Triple H's vision. He formed Diamond Mine with uh, the rest of them, the Creed Brothers and Malcolm Bivens and Ivy Nile on NXT. But Roderick Strong lost the Cruiserweight Championship to Carmelo Hayes in a unification match. The Cruiserweight Championship was laid to rest. It is no longer a thing in WWE. Last week, Roderick Strong and his wife, Marina Shafir, who supposedly had signed a contract with AEW. I don't know if that's legit or not, but she does have AEW merchandise on shopAEW.com. They opened up their own pro wrestling tea store, and this has caused speculation that Strong is on his way out of WWE. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this is because tonight Roderick Strong was in a main event taping, and he wrestled T-Bar, a.k.a. Dominic Dijakovic. He lost. He lost his dark match to LA Knight on Friday night as well. He lost to Carmelo Hayes. He lost to Walter on Tuesday last week. Roddy's on a losing streak. What does this mean for Roderick Strong? I don't know. But speculation is that Roderick Strong is on his way out of WWE. The couple currently has a family shirt on the website. While his full name is not listed, the shirt has the Strongs printed on it. Strong also launched his own individual store, but that has since been removed from Pro Wrestling T's website. Strong might already see the writing on the wall when it comes to himself because WWE is looking to push younger talent. And while he is a tremendous worker, he may be one of the best workers in the entire company. He's also 38 years old. And WWE is not in the mindset to push somebody 38 years old. Look at what they did to Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw. Finn Balor is over 40. He's not old at all. Balor could be of great use. He could be a great value to Monday Night Raw and the main event scene. According to Bruce and Vince, no. He's useless. This is why I don't really have high hopes for LA Knight either. He's also the same age as Roderick Strong. LA Knight could make WWE a boatload of money and LA Knight is exactly what something, uh, or he's exactly what uh, Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown needs. He is something that could benefit both of those shows. I don't really get the mentality in WWE. Uh, he's not going to get a shot on the main roster. He's not. WWE's wasting his time. Scotty Tuhati. You guys know Scotty Tuhati. He was a producer and a coach down in NXT at the Performance Center. He even said that the coaches at the Performance Center were told to dye their hair because they needed to look younger. John Laurinaitis had some rookie in NXT cut his hair because it made him look younger. They had Tommaso Ciampa dye his beard because it was all gray to make him look younger. So Roderick Strong is going to get a shot on the main roster? Absolutely not. He signed a new contract early in 2021. Strong is a Triple H hire, and most of the recent cuts were people who were considered to be Triple H guys. Another sign that his days in WWE could be numbered is that he's been losing. He's lost, like I said, to Roderick, to uh, Carmelo Hayes, did Roderick Strong. He lost to uh, Walter. 
He lost to LA Knight in a dark match, and he lost in a main event taping tonight against T-Bar. If Strong does leave WWE, then AEW could be where he lands since the rest of the Undisputed Era are already over there, and Marina Shafir seemingly has signed an AEW deal, and she's been wrestling on Dark. Strong signed the new deal in early 2021, but that deal may have been signed when Triple H was still running NXT. So I am going to make a logical guess here. We are looking at Roderick Strong, and if this is the case, uh, this could also mean that that dark cloud of releases uh, could be happening again this week or in the weeks to come if this news and, and this news is making the wins and the rounds in the dirt sheets and all over in the community. We could be looking at uh, one thing leading to another here. WWE is going to end up releasing Roderick Strong. Well, let's be real. WWE has no value in, in Roderick Strong. They're not going to use him. They're not going to do anything with him. He's going to be a fucking jobber on SmackDown or Raw, even though he probably put on fucking barn burners with literally anybody on that show. You put him in the ring with Seth Rollins, barn burner. Kevin Owens, barn burner. Finn Balor, Austin Theory, Edge, anybody really on that show. He could go. He could go. He could be a perfect fit in the mid-card for the United States title. Perfect fit on SmackDown in that intercontinental title picture. I don't know how you have somebody like Roddy and don't desire to use him because he's 38 years old. I don't get it. The person running this fucking company is 75 years old. Does nobody think he's fucking too old to run the company? But Roderick Strong is too old to run the company. What a fucking ridiculous, ridiculous notion. No, it's okay for Vince McMahon to run the fucking company at 75 years old, but it's too old for Roderick Strong to wrestle on WWE television. No, but it's okay if you bring back Lita, who's 46 years old, and Goldberg, who's 53 years old. No, that's perfectly okay, right? It's perfectly fine. I hope he leaves. Goodbye. You don't want to use him? Let him go. Just like Ali, let him go. Free Ali. Just let him go. You don't want to use Finn Balor either? Let him go. Send him on his way to 90 days. Non-compete. Company's ridiculous. Company is absolutely ridiculous, man. Roddy should be all over that television show. All over. Does he have charisma? In his own way, he does. He's a great wrestler. But WWE, just based on who he is, Kyle O'Reilly would have been the same thing. Kyle O'Reilly was never going to be a, a mainstay on the main roster. They just don't translate well in solo, individual roles. That's the problem. I could have told you that, and I'm sure I have, as have others. But there's no reason why Roddy can't bring your show to be better on Monday or Friday. Just get rid of him. What are you, fucking stupid? It's unbelievable. The thought process in this company, man. It really is just a fucking shame. It really is. Monday Night Raw. We opened up the show with a weigh-in. A weigh-in with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar for their big mega match at the Royal Rumble. And Corey Graves is moderating this 
weigh in. Adam Pierce is out there as well. They show training footage of Bobby Lashley. I am more excited about this one match than anything on Saturday's card. I'm more excited about this than Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I'm more excited about this than the men's Royal Rumble match. If I could fall asleep during the women's Royal Rumble match, please wake me when it's over. What a complete and utter waste of time. This may be the most interesting and entertaining thing on Saturday's show. It's Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. So they showed footage of Lashley and Graves introduced Lesnar and Heyman interrupted because he doesn't like how other people do his shtick. Nobody does it as good as he does. Says he didn't like anyone doing his job. Lesnar walked out. He was wearing flannel. And he was wearing a cowboy hat. It looked like he was getting ready to go to a fucking square dance. Or he was going to go uh, have a night out at the farm. He really is ramping his cowboy farm-like attitude up as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania, man. Brock is fantastic. I said this last week. Without Brock, this show sucks. We didn't really get much of Brock tonight outside this segment, but when he's there, it does make the show a little bit more interesting. And he's been on a great run with this just come out of nowhere, you know, Brock Lesnar babyface run. Everybody's loving it. I can't find anything wrong with it. He's just having a good time. It seems like he's having a good time. It shows. So I'm loving what Lesnar's doing here, man. So they're in the ring. And Graves said his outfit isn't appropriate for a weigh-in. And then Brock Lesnar said, would you like me to be naked instead? No. No, thank you. So Lesnar's in the ring, and Lashley took off his jacket. He stepped onto the scale. He was wearing pants and boots. This was a bogus weigh-in. They did not take this to be a serious weigh-in whatsoever. All this was was a visual to see Lashley and Lesnar in the ring hyping up their match before Saturday night. The weigh-in was the backstory here. The weigh-in was unimportant. It was just to get Lashley and Lesnar in the ring on camera right before Saturday's show. So he weighed in at 273 pounds, did Bobby Lashley. MVP that took the microphone and said, He's 273 pounds of a killing machine closer to a god than a man. He says he's bottled lightning that Lesnar will have to deal with at the Royal Rumble. Graves then recommended that Lesnar remove some of his clothing. Lesnar took off his hat and asked Heyman to kindly hold my hat. So Lesnar stood on the scale with his flannel and his boots and his jeans and his belt. He came in at 286 pounds. Jimmy Smith said, even factoring in the clothes, that's still a lot of heavyweight for Brock Lesnar. Lashley said, Lesnar is acting like a fool. He's not taking this seriously because he knows he's going to beat him for the title on Saturday night. This will be the shortest title reign of your career, said Bobby Lashley to Brock Lesnar. And that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Very, very lame line by Bobby Lashley. It did him absolutely no favors. That's the one line you got in this way in 
to imitate a line and a quote that everybody before you has imitated and quoted from Paul Heyman, that was your comeback to Brock Lesnar? Doesn't really sound like much of a rebuttal from the weeks prior for Bobby Lashley. So Lesnar then gets the microphone and said, well, who's the comedian now? He put his arm around Paul Heyman. And Lesnar mocked announcing Lashley as the new WWE champion after beating him with the Hurt Lock. He said his name and the winner, Bobby Who? Bobby Who? Lesnar's music played. He left the ring. Heyman handed him the WWE title. He did a little cocky dance on his way out of the ring. And Bobby Lashley stood there like a doofus. He stood there like a blithering idiot. The weigh-in was a waste of time. All this was was WWE PR. Let's get Lashley and Lesnar on TV in the same ring, on screen together, right before the Royal Rumble, and that's it. They didn't plan any promo. I expected a better back and forth. The back and forth that we got between these two guys has been very, very underwhelming, and that's what WWE usually does with these big money matches. They only sell the aspect of the match. All you need as a fan, if you're watching WWE in their eyes, is the graphic of Lashley and Lesnar for the WWE title. It's a mega match. The Beast versus the Almighty. That's it. It's nothing more than a fucking tagline to these people. Instead of building a fucking story. The video packages that we've seen leading up to this match have been better than what we've gotten in the ring between both guys face to face. And that's what WWE does. That's what they did with Roman and John Cena at SummerSlam. And that's what they will do with Roman and The Rock when it happens. They don't give a shit because everybody's excited for these two guys to be in the ring for the first time. And that's all they give a shit about. The story to them doesn't need to be told. They're too lazy to write a story. Now, What I hope for here, because Bobby Lashley has looked terrible in these promos with Brock Lesnar. He's looked like a fucking fool. I'm hoping that he's remaining as silent as as he has been because he's going to win the WWE Championship on Saturday night. That's the big, big rumor going into Saturday. Bobby Lashley's going to win the title by hook or by crook whether it's with the Hurt Business or maybe Paul Heyman turns on Brock Lesnar and we get some sort of fuck finish that goes in favor of Bobby Lashley and then Brock Lesnar joins the field of 30 in the Royal Rumble. He takes out somebody in the Royal Rumble. Maybe he talks to Sammy about taking Sammy's spot in the Royal Rumble. Don't worry, I'll take care of Johnny Knoxville for you. We're best friends. And Brock Lesnar takes care of Johnny Knoxville for Sami Zayn, so Zayn doesn't have to do it, and Zayn gets his revenge on Johnny Knoxville, not by himself, because he paid Brock Lesnar to do it, and it's going to be much more devastating if Lesnar does it than Sami Zayn. And then he enters the Royal Rumble and wins the Royal Rumble. I could see Johnny Knoxville being there for that specific reason all to himself. But I need to see something out of Bobby Lashley going into... Saturday's match with Brock Lesnar. Either he wins the title, be a fuck finish, or he loses this match and Lesnar retains and Lesnar is brought to the brink of defeat as he is hanging on by a fucking thread. 
He retains that title by the skin of his fucking asshole on Saturday night. Something needs to happen here. Because Lashley has looked terrible in these promos with Brock Lesnar. So we'll see what happens on Saturday night. And uh, I would not be shocked if Lashley does win the title, Lesnar enters the Rumble, and Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble to get back at Paul Heyman for turning on him. Because that's the way I see it unfolding. I don't really like that outcome. I would do the title versus title unification match at WrestleMania. I would have the Royal Rumble winner fight either one of those guys on night two. That's the way I do it. It's just outside of WWE's realm of logic. It's something new. It's something fresh for them to do. No, they're going to have somebody not in the Royal Rumble who was just WWE champion mere hours ago enter the match and win the fucking Royal Rumble. Because the biggest thing in WWE right now is Lesnar and Reigns and nothing even comes close. But Bobby Lashley, man, they need to do something to make him look good on Saturday because he has not looked good at all on any of these Monday Night Raws with Brock Lesnar in the build to this match. Queen Zelina and Bianca Belair. This was the opening match of Monday Night Raw. Don't really care, but I will say this. I expected this match to go shorter than it did. It only went four minutes, but it was not bad. It was not a bad four minutes. They actually worked pretty well together. So Zelina made her entrance. They aired a soundbite of her predicting victory at the Royal Rumble. And these two ladies went at it. Not bad for four minutes. Zelina counted Belair a couple of times in this thing, stopping her from getting any offense going. Belair managed to grab her and hit a KOD for the one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. There was a nice spot where I believe she was going for something was Belair. And Zelina Vega turned it into a stun dog millionaire. And that looked pretty decent, but this was pretty much it, man. Four minutes, Bianca Belair gets the victory going on into the Royal Rumble, who right now is one of the odds-on favorites to win the Royal Rumble match itself for the women. And uh, she beats Queen Zelina in four minutes. Queen Zelina is a tag team champion. She's one half of the women's tag team champions with Carmella. And usually I don't like seeing champions lose on television, but there's no division. But there's no division. So I don't really care if she wins or loses because the titles are absolutely worthless. Worthless. You couldn't fucking sell them to a bum on the fucking street. Nobody gives a shit about the women's tag team championships. So Bianca Belair wins in four minutes and she's going on into the Royal Rumble and she is one of the odds on favorites. Kevin Owens. We got Kevin Patrick interviewing Kevin Owens. And Patrick accused Kevin Owens of faking an injury. KO said he's apparently calling him a liar. He said Kevin Patrick's opinion about him is moot. He says he didn't fake an injury. He just fought through the pain. And he kept showing off the words on the back of his shirt that said, just keep fighting. He said that's exactly what he's going to do at this very moment against Damian Priest for the United States Championship, which coincidentally, like I said, at this very moment, this was the next match. Damian Priest versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. This went almost 10 minutes. Kevin Owens beat Damian Priest last week in a non-title match. This was Damian Priest's first pinfall loss singles since he's made his main roster debut He hasn't been beaten as United States champion. You knew WWE was going to fuck up on that. 
I, I don't know what's going on with Damian Priest. I hope it doesn't continue to be a problem moving forward because it's not going to really bode well for Damian Priest on the main roster. Tonight's match was weird. And I don't mean it was weird in a Kevin Owens, Damian Priest in ring way. The entire crowd made Kevin Owens the babyface in this match and Damian Priest was the heel. Damian Priest is just not getting over as a babyface. I don't know what it is. I don't know what anybody in this chat thinks of Damian Priest. I don't know what the consensus in the IWC think of Damian Priest. If I was a betting man, I would say I think a lot of people think Damian Priest is boring. I think a lot of people don't really find themselves investing in Damian Priest and the character that he's developed for himself on the main roster. What is he? Who is he? All we know of Damian Priest is that he turns into fucking Incredible Hulk when he gets angry. Because Vince McMahon needs to fucking cheese it up and make everything terribly uncool and fucking cringeworthy. That's not going to get over with the majority of the young fan base. Damian Priest turning it on and getting angry. No, nobody wants to see that. That's not Damian Priest. Damian Priest in NXT was cool. He was fucking cool as a cucumber, man. Sitting in jacuzzis with fucking Brandy Loren. He was sitting in jacuzzis, popping open bottles of champagne. He was at the nightclubs. He was getting in limos. Where's that Damian Priest? Where's that Damian Priest? This Damian Priest is fucking got bipolar syndrome. You don't know who the fuck he is or what version of him is going to show up. That's what Vince McMahon thinks of Damian Priest. And that's what Vince McMahon does to people on the main roster. He doesn't know how to book them. How long have we been going on with this version of Damian Priest? It's not getting over. People just don't like it. It's not working. And then what do you think is going to happen? Vince is going to blame Damian Priest for not getting it over. It's not Damian Priest's fucking idea to have bipolar fucking syndrome on Raw. I hope it doesn't get worse. He's lost last week, and he lost tonight. He didn't get pinned tonight, but he lost. This is two weeks in a row. It's very unusual for Damian Priest to lose on Monday night. He was the heel. Kevin Owens was the babyface. Have fans been that, I guess, not invested in Damian Priest? Have they been that uninterested in Damian Priest? I didn't really notice it until today. Maybe a heel turn for Damian Priest is the way to go. Maybe just turn him evil and fucking into a cocky prick from this point on. Maybe we need to go back to what he was in NXT and just kind of amp it up a little bit in a a heel-like way. That's what he needs to be. The fans are not really gravitating towards him. And listen, I'm not shitting on Damian Priest. I like Damian Priest. I'm I'm a big Damian Priest guy. I really am. He's got it. He knows how to speak. He looks great. He brings it in the ring. He's got a great theme. He's got good entrance. He's got everything that you'd want. But I don't want to have this be a situation where WWE blames him for not getting over and then they fucking dump him. I don't want to see that happen. WWE needs to do something and do something quick with Damian Priest. I don't really like what's going on here. I just feel a change in the air is coming and it's not a good change. This match itself was fine. 
Last, me- last week's match was better. This match was very good as well. They were having a great match up until the ending, which was absolutely fucking pathetic. It was lame. Typical Bruce Pritchard ending. Owens tried to send on off the apron. Priest got his knees up and slammed Owens on the apron with a uh, apron bomb. That looked fucking brutal. Priest continued on offense. He had a headlock DDT for a near fall. Owens responded with a tornado DDT and a frog splash for a near fall. Crowd thought that was the finish. And they were big into Kevin Owens winning the United States Championship tonight. Priest counted a pop-up powerbomb, hit a roundhouse kick for a near fall. Uh, Crowd was booing Damian Priest. Priest then got angry. He was stomping away at Owens, who was on the ropes. Fans were booing him even more. Owens then was playing possum, and he wrenched Priest against the top rope, luring him in after once again faking an injury. He then used the schoolboy holding the tights for two, but Priest kicked out. Priest hit a big clothesline, and he went away and uh, started hammering down on Owens in the corner, and he did not listen to the ref. He kept going and going and going. The referee was going to disqualify him, and he eventually did after just not adhering to the referee's orders. Damian Priest gets himself disqualified because he just got too angry! Priest! Because Vince McMahon thinks this is the best character for Damian Priest to uphold on the main roster. Finishes like this are fucking terrible. They really are. I would not even have gone all the way with Owens beating Priest last week. Then you put yourself in this situation where you got to do the title match because Royal Rumble is filled up. There's no more room for any matches on the Royal Rumble unless you want to do this on the pre-show. And this really really should not be on the pre-show. But finishes like this are fucking terrible. But all I can hope is that this is leading to a Damian Priest heel turn, man. We, we, may, we, we may need Damian Priest to turn heel. Crowd is just not buying into him as a babyface, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. What is not, I, I gotta ask you guys, what is it about Priest that's not clicking with the audience? Is he that boring? I don't know. He's been booked pretty decently. In, in a day and age where WWE doesn't know uh, their head from their fucking asshole as far as creative is concerned, Damian Priest has been one of the most decent booked guys on the fucking show. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. It's very difficult to pinpoint. But Kevin Owens wins via DQ, and I'm sure this will lead to yet another match for the United States Championship. We got these pre-taped promos with Rhea Ripley, Dana Brooke, and Liv Morgan. Rhea Ripley said... She has a score to settle with Nikki, T-R-A-S-H. But her mind is focused on the Royal Rumble. She said she's going to win at any cost. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that, Miss Rhea Cringely. You ain't winning the fucking Royal Rumble. Then we got Dana Brooke with the 24-7 title. She was all happy and all smiles. She said she is going to win the Royal Rumble. (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus Christ, man. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. Oh, listen to this. Yo, Ma, listen. Dana Brooke said she's going to win the Royal Rumble on Monday Night Raw tonight. (laughs) 
believe it, man. I don't believe it. Yeah, she said that. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll call you tomorrow. Thanks. Then we got Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, who said everyone is looking at right now, has seen her go from girl who was just happy to be there to be the girl that took the Royal Women's Champion to her limit. What limit exactly is that, Liv? You're a loser. What limit did you take Becky Lynch to? You're a loser. Do you you have the Royal Women's Championship? If you did, you wouldn't be talking about winning the Royal Rumble now, would you? Right? She's going to win the Royal Rumble and become... (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus Christ, man. Holy shit. Yo, Dad, listen. Liv Morgan said she's going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be driving up next week, man. T- save me a shot of tequila, all right? I'll talk to you later. Oh, my God. You fucking serious. You serious? None of these women are going to win the Royal Rumble. Unbelievable. What a waste of airtime. What a waste of airtime. All of this airtime could have went to Gable and Orton. Honestly. Unbelievable. So Rhea Ripley is out there. She comes out there. Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke are her tag team partners. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Nikki T-R-A-S-H. Tamina. Nobody's Mina than Tamina. Nobody's more catering than Tamina and Carmella. Six-woman tag team match. Oh, wow. Oh, man, we got two women's matches in the first hour of Raw, man. Where, where are all the uh, propaganda, narrative, agenda-pushing geeks on social media, man? You got something to complain about tonight? Monday Night Raw had two Women's matches in the first hour. This match went two minutes. A six-woman tag team match on Raw went two minutes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I got a question. I got a question. Uh, listen, who who does who does the hair and makeup in WWE. Who, who does the hair and makeup in WWE? I'd love, to, I'd love to ask one of these women, if not all of these women, uh, what they think about a six-woman tag going two minutes on Monday Night Raw. Bruce, are you okay with that? Who came to this conclusion, Bruce? Did you? I'd love to know who does hair and makeup, man. Imagine being the woman who does, or man, who does hair and makeup and they send these six women out there to get all dolled up and all charactered up in a six-person tag team match to go two fucking minutes. Why are you wasting my time? What purpose did this match serve on the show? It served absolutely no purpose. Like, who are you appeasing here? The fucking three Dana Brooke fans? That exist on social media? The one fucking idiot who's a fan of Nikki T-R-A-S-H. The six fucking people that apparently like Rhea Ripley? Are you kidding me? This 
this was a waste of everybody's time, man. If you're going to do a six-person tag team match, at least invest some time into doing a six-person tag team match. Otherwise, don't waste mine. It's very simple. At the end of the match, Nikki attacked Rhea Ripley, and that was it. That was it. Who won the match? Ripley, Morgan, and Dana Brooke. That was it. Like, you guys give a shit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. What a waste of time. Hour two, Gable and Otis. They were in the ring, and we were about to have an academic showdown with RK Bro. Gable and Otis were in the ring. Kevin Patrick was there. He introduced them from a podium. In the middle of the ring, Gable insulted the mindless morons of Ohio. I'd love for Gable to ream out the mindless morons of the internet wrestling community. It seems that they are in abundance. He said that this is the first of a triad of events in the coming weeks. He defined triad for the fans. He said that Gable is a genius with a 4.0 GPA. And then Gable said... To Ohio, do not boo education. If anybody needs it, it's you. His fans were chanting, you suck. He said, Otis, his prized pupil, has not, is not only brawn, but he's also brains. Yeah, you don't want to be brawn, okay? Brains is what brawn lacked. Wee! The, uh, Stupid (laughs) Express. No, you don't want to be that. Don't be the dummy express, okay? Nobody wants to see that. He announced that he and Gable have officially announced themselves as entrants in the Royal Rumble. Patrick introduced Riddle and Orton next. Otis stepped up to spell immental. Immental. He asked for a definition. It's a type of Swiss cheese. Boy, oh boy, they got catering on the mind, man. He got it correct. He spelled it E-M-M-E-N-T-A-L. Immental. Riddle stepped up, and he had to spell the word calibration. Riddle asked for a definition. Patrick read the definition. Riddle asked for it in letters. And then Kevin Patrick said, no, no, you, you have to give it to me in letters. And then Riddle says he calibrates his scale at home. I know what that means. Then they cut to Orton grinning at the drug reference mentioning scales. And then Corey Graves mentioned something about, you know, if Orton spell or Riddle rather spelled Ohio without the O, that would be the very definition of Matt Riddle. Oh, hi. Oh. Yes, thank you, Bruce, for the... uh, Weed references when it comes to Matt Riddle. It's great. It's their crutch when it comes to writing for Matt Riddle. Riddle actually spelled calibration correctly. So Gable stepped up. Otis yelled, the master. Like I am. I'm the master of the IWC. Patrick told him to spell disillusion. Gable laughed at how easy it was. Gable didn't listen to the definition Gable then spelled the word disolution, not disillusion. So he, he mixed it up and he blamed Kevin Patrick because of his accent. He's like, no, no, no. You, you said 
exactly what you said, and I spelt it right. You got it fucked up. He spelt the word correctly, even though it wasn't the right word that Kevin Patrick told him to spell. So we blamed Kevin Patrick. Cable threw a fit, and he said he pronounced the word wrong. Orton asked Cable to take a seat. Patrick said Orton's word is one of the most commonly misspelled words in the English language. Dumbbell. Orton spelled it and got it right. D-U-M-B-B-E-L-L. Riddle and Orton hugged. Gable threw a fit and said his partner is a dumbbell and he looks at a dumbbell all the time. Orton suggested a one-on-one match with him right here tonight. And you clearly are the most unintelligent man in the ring. And then he said, I'm going to have a fucking word for you to spell out tonight. And it's going to be R-K-O. I expected a lot worse from this segment. I really, I really expected a lot worse. I thought this was going to be a fucking circus act that I was going to shit all over completely. This was actually very entertaining. It's not wrestling. It definitely goes into the basket of sports entertainment. But it wasn't a terrible segment. I would much rather see a tag team division. I would much rather see WWE put this much effort into building a fucking tag team division around RK Bro and Alpha Academy. But that is too difficult for them to do. They they would rather have fucking spelling bees on Monday Night Raw. If you asked me if I would ever imagine to see Randy Orton or if I ever thought I'd see Randy Orton in a fucking spelling bee at any point in his in his illustrious WWE career on Monday Night Raw, I would have laughed at you and said, what, the fuck? what, are, you, what are you watching? Randy Orton. One of the biggest legends in the history of the company. Randy Orton in a fucking spelling bee. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility in 2022. This was entertaining. Matt Riddle was entertaining. Randy Orton was entertaining. RK-Bro continues to be the most overact on the entire show. I, I can't leave out. Otis is doing great as well. This is the best Otis has looked in his entire WWE run. I was very iffy when they shaved his beard and they cut his hair. He looked like an unoriginal fucking slob. But Otis is killing it in this role as the monster and the muscle of Alpha Academy. And Chad Gable is fucking fantastic. In his role. His, his delivery has gotten so much better. And the attitude that he emits in this heel GPA, I'm smarter than everybody type of role that he's playing. It is fucking great. I honestly don't think people out there realize how good Chad Gable is. I honestly think that they look at Chad Gable and see, oh, here's another fucking indie darling, another vanilla midget. Nobody wants this guy on the show. Get him off the show. He's nothing special. He brings nothing to the table. Chad Gable is fucking great. And he deserves an opportunity, not only in Alpha Academy, but he deserves an opportunity if he wasn't in Alpha Academy as a solo act on this show. He's he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. And I hope WWE is paying very close attention to the body of work that Chad Gable is doing. Because this is the best I think he's ever been on WWE television. So we got Randy Orton versus Chad Gable with Otis on the outside. Riddle was in Randy Orton's corner, of course. And this was a fantastic match. This was easily one of the best things on the show. 
Orton was in control after dropping Gable on the announce table right before commercial break. After he knocked Otis off the apron because Otis tried to interfere. Gable hit a chop block and followed with a moonsault right off the top rope. Excellent. Perfect looking moonsault. Gable dropped Orton leg first on the announce table in retaliation. And he worked on the ankle as they go to commercial break. Orton mounted a comeback right as the commercial break ended. Crowd was heavily invested in RK Bro. Orton hit his backbreaker and draping DDT. Orton set up for the RKO. Riddle was outside. He was preventing Otis from interfering. He went after Otis, who was about to interfere again. Otis suplexed him. My God, did Otis toss him like he was a lightweight. Riddle is not a small guy. He tossed Riddle like he was a piece of fucking garbage. What a great-looking overhead suplex by Otis on the outside, man. Orton kicked out of a roll-up because they were all watching what was happening on the outside. He then hit his signature snap power slam. Orton tried to punt kick Gable. Gable countered that into an ankle lock, which looked fantastic. Riddle attacked Otis with his scooter in retaliation for the suplex on the outside. Not once, not twice, but three times. Orton slipped out of the ankle lock before kicking Gable into the buckle. He then followed off the buckle spot with an RKO. One, two, three. Crowd heavily invested in RK Bro and in this match. And Randy Orton wins over Chad Gable. Fantastic match. This was one of the matches that I said on Twitter. WWE is bringing the good wrestling tonight, man. I don't know where this is coming from, but more of this, please. More of this, please. After the match, Riddle said that they would choose the next challenge because they won the academic challenge this week. Riddle announced a scooter race, which caught everyone, including Orton, off guard. It's not really, uh, I guess, academic. A scooter race doesn't really speak to me as being academic, but we're getting a scooter race, which I'm assuming Alpha Academy will win because RK-Bro won this week, and then we'll get the trifecta, in the uh, weeks to come, and we'll be all tied 1-1 here in the academic uh, fucking challenge between RK-Bro and the Alpha Academy. This was fun, and it ended with a great fucking match between Orton and Chad Gable. More of this, please. If WWE put this much effort into fucking building a tag team division, can you imagine how good their tag team division would be with, with guys like this on the roster? It's unbelievable. If only... It's one of the things I complain about on a weekly fucking basis. Build your tag team division. Look at the effort that they put into this fucking segment. 10 minutes with an academic fucking spelling bee and then another 14 minutes with Randy Orton and Chad Gable. You couldn't build a fucking tag team division? I know you could. Alexa Bliss. WWE apparently has trademarked the goddess. They trademarked Alexa Bliss's nickname, the goddess, which I thought was trademarked already. But this was, according to a report, WWE this week filed for trademark for Alexa Bliss, the goddess. What this means is that WWE may, with this terrible fucking storyline, may be reverting Alexa Bliss back to the goddess after all of this therapy shit is over, which is a good thing. Because she cannot be an extension of The Fiend anymore. He's not there. It makes no sense. And I don't believe I'm going to say this. 
I'd much rather that bliss than the bliss we've got. No more magic, no more fire, no more black goo, no more fucking dolls. That's it. Let's go back to the old Alexa Bliss and let's complain about her shitting the bed, as always, when she gets in the ring as the goddess Alexa Bliss instead of the fucking demonic, doll-loving Alexa Bliss. Bray Wyatt ripoff Alexa Bliss. So she had therapy and they showed her in the therapy session and apparently the doctor asked her how she met Lily. When did she first meet Lily? He asked her when she first met Lily and she said she was six years old. She went on and on and on and on about a story about Lily and these girls that were bullying her in the uh, playground and that uh, they hurt her and bullied her. And the next thing is she was talking about this story for so long that I guess the doctor fell asleep and WWE cut away from the segment. She kept going on and on and on and on about Lily. That WWE just abruptly ended the segment. It's the best thing that they fucking did in three weeks with this goddamn shit. Let's get this shit over with and get her back to being the regular blonde goddess Alexa Bliss, please. There was a segment with Vince McMahon and Austin Theory visiting his office again. Theory showed off a selfie, which McMahon did not like. Theory said it felt good destroying Balor last week, who was not on the show. And this Saturday, he's going to win the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory then suggested McMahon give him position number 26. Or better yet, how about position number 29? McMahon asked why he would have any influence. Do you think I have any influence over who get, gets what number at the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I do. Of course you do. Give me a break. Everybody knows you do. He told him he'll be facing AJ Styles tonight on Monday Night Raw. Theory was up for it. He left his phone behind. McMahon said, hey, get back here. He told Theory he better bring back a really good selfie. I don't know where they're going with this, but I said this on Twitter. And I'm going to throw something out there at you guys. I heard this from uh, my boy Ango on Twitter. Destination Pro Wrestling. I honestly think Austin Theory is, and I've said this before. You you guys know, if you've been watching the show, I'm very high on Austin Theory. Clearly, Vince McMahon and WWE management is very high on Austin Theory. He's 23, 24 years old, very young. He's a baby. He's going to do great things. Austin Theory is going to be a megastar on WWE television before all is said and done. He looks like it. He speaks like it. He wrestles like it, and he's only going to get better. Can you imagine how good he's going to be three, four years from now if he's this good already? Austin Theory, at this point, and everybody sees the John Cena comparisons. Everybody sees the John Cena comparisons, and I know Vince McMahon sees it as well. Austin Theory, at this stage of his career, when you compare where he is right now to where John Cena was at this very point, In his career, Austin Theory is better than John Cena. At this age, at this stage of his career, if you are going to compare both guys 
at this same point in their careers, Austin Theory is better than John Cena. I'm not saying that Austin Theory is better than John Cena, but I'm talking about at this stage of their early careers. Austin Theory is better than John Cena. Austin Theory is going to be one of the final four in the Royal Rumble. He's going to be one of the final four in the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory is going to be the Iron Man of the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory lost to AJ Styles tonight. We're going to go over how because it was a great fucking match. Austin Theory lost to AJ Styles tonight. And as punishment, AJ Styles beating Austin Theory is going to land Austin Theory at the number one position in the Royal Rumble. Now, I don't advocate. I don't advocate for WWE to give away the number one spot. I don't want them to announce that, oh, Austin Theory is going to get number one because you failed. I don't want them to do that. They got no more Raws, so hopefully we don't see that. I don't want to see nothing on social media. I don't want them announce, uh, announcing anything in social media or in the hours leading up to the Royal Rumble. I don't want them to announce anything. I want Austin Theory to come out at number one, and I want something filmed before the Royal Rumble. I want Austin Theory being told by Vince McMahon his punishment. You lost to AJ Styles. You didn't get me the selfie that I wanted Your punishment now is number one in the Royal Rumble. Austin Theory is going to make it to the final four at the number one position in the Royal Rumble. That's my prediction. And I think that's great. That's how you build a new star. You give him the number one position, have him go all the way and last close to an hour. That's how you make a new star, bro. That's what I'm talking about. The Royal Rumble could absolutely be used to build new stars. I'm not saying the new stars have to win the Royal Rumble. I don't expect a new star like Austin Theory to win the Royal Rumble. He's got to be somebody that is absolutely, bar none, the next fucking Stone Cold with a rock. Not going to happen. But that's how you create new stars in the Rumble. The Iron Man spot, drawing an early number and going to the Final Four. You don't have to win it. But if you're in the final four, man, according to me, in my honest opinion, you had a damn good fucking night. Not many people can say they've done that. The Royal Rumble could absolutely be used to create new stars, and this is what I don't fucking get. WWE doesn't really do that all the time. Look at that women's rumble. That women's rumble is a fucking atrocity. Who in that women's rumble is going to have a showcase like Austin Theory? You filled that shit up with fucking divas, for Christ's sake. Because you don't have any fucking women. You don't have enough women on the roster to fill that women's Royal Rumble. Austin Theory is going to be one of the final four. And yes, I would put Veer in the Royal Rumble. It has to be Veer shows up at the Royal Rumble. I would even be a betting man to say that Veer would get a fucking great reaction at the Royal Rumble. Just based on the fucking months of Veer is coming. Veer is coming to Raw. I'd put Braun Breaker in the Royal Rumble. I'd put Tony, Tony D'Angelo in the Royal Rumble. I'd put Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa in the Royal Rumble. I would put Walter in the Royal Rumble. It's going to be very difficult for Walter to be in the Royal Rumble and not win it. Because if, if he's in there, I'm going to want him to win it. But I could see him being in the Royal Rumble and having Omas eliminate him in the Royal Rumble just to... Have Omos get that big, big elimination. Two giants going at it. Here I am booking the fucking Royal Rumble. I should shut up before Vince takes my fucking ideas. 
AJ Styles and Austin Theory. Excellent. Excellent match. Love this. This went 17 minutes, man. Awesome stuff. Best match of the night. So they started off. Styles was in control. Theory dropped him over the top rope. Styles pushed Theory off the top rope when he was attempting a high-risk move. Theory came right back with a rolling drop kick, knocked Styles out of the ring. Styles tried fighting back into the match. Theory hit a backbreaker for a near fall. So Theory's in control. Styles was trying to come back. He was nailing Theory with strikes and a neckbreaker, sliding forearm. Theory came back, back elbow, back suplex, rolling blockbuster, only got a two count. Theory tried a superplex, but Styles slipped out and followed with a Pele kick. They were going back and forth, which led to Styles getting the calf crusher on Theory, but Theory got to the rope to break the hold. Theory shoved Styles off the ropes as he went for the phenomenal forearm. Tried to make a cover with his feet on the ropes, but the referee caught him and said, No, 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 I see you. Styles slipped out of an ATL attempt, which is Theory's finishing move. Hit a phenomenal forearm for the one, two, three. Very good match. Austin Theory is delivering matches like this with Styles and not missing a beat. You can only imagine what he's going to look like and and be like in three or four years. You're looking at the next big superstar on on the roster. And this is just an introductory gimmick. He's not going to keep this gimmick throughout his entire career. He's got to take on the Tyler Breeze selfie gimmick minus the selfie stick and the fucking... Model Rick Martell playing up how great he looks and all this other shit. It's not going to be his gimmick. I could see him turning into a fucking stud of a gimmick. Like that John Cena, I'm going to be able to carry this fucking brand on my shoulders. I'm going to be the world champion and lead this brand type of guy. That's what we're looking at. And I'm glad somebody in the company fucking finally opened their eyes to somebody that young that they could truly believe in. Now we need to have that happen with several others. And WWE would have main event talent all over the place. You're going to need it. Roman's not going to be there forever. And what happens when Roman is gone? Hopefully somebody got the fucking memo. Becky Lynch and Doe Drop. They had an interview. This is very, very uninteresting to me, man. I don't care about this match because it is too predictable. Becky Lynch is not walking out of the Royal Rumble without the Raw Women's Championship. Becky talked for a while first about how confident she is. This was split screen. How confident she is, and that's why she granted Doe Drop this opportunity. Doe Drop said she never, or ever since she returned Becky Lynch, she's been struggling to hold on to the championship. She said Becky thinks she'll be an easy victory, but what's easy is her breaking each of her ribs. Becky said she didn't hear a thank you in that. Doedrop says she's no goat. She's a sad little lamb on the way to slaughter. Becky told her before her she was just a name to fill out on the roster. Doedrop yanked off her mic and left after Becky's comment. Becky said she can't run from the truth. Doedrop found Becky and then attacked her backstage And that's the way the segments went off the air. I I don't know why anybody would care about this match, like I said, based on the predictability of what it is at the Royal Rumble. Fans do not care about this match. They didn't care after this. And I don't really think WWE did anything 
to, to change that or change the tides into Doudrop's way or, or change the winds going to favor Doudrop a little bit more by having Doudrop attack Becky Lynch in this segment. It did absolutely nothing. You're going around in circles. Is Doudrop holding her own against Becky? Sure. Is she believable? No. She's not. Doudrop, in the end, is a loser. She lost not one, not two, but three weeks in a row to Bianca Belair. She was a loser amongst losers in that triple threat match and only won because Becky Lynch helped her win because Becky Lynch thought she was the easiest opponent in that match. She knows that Bianca wants a shot. She knows Liv Morgan took her quote-unquote to the limit. So she chose Doudrop because she thinks Doudrop might be the easiest of the three. I don't think that necessarily means or speaks to me as Doudrop having a chance against Becky Lynch. You mix that in with WrestleMania coming up and Becky Lynch and who she is and the championship that she holds. Any person watching this, Doudrop fan or Becky Lynch fan, know that Becky Lynch is not losing that championship. This should be a very quick academic match. Seven, eight minutes tops at the Royal Rumble. And we move on with the rest of the festivities on Saturday night. Do not waste my time with something so predictable. And I'm not advocating that predictable is bad. There are moments where predictable is very good. But this is not one of those instances. This is a bad predictable. Sarah Schreiber. She interviewed Ray and Dominic Mysterio. They were all smiles. WWE 2K22 is coming out relatively soon. We haven't seen one ounce, one drop, one iota of gameplay from WWE 2K. You got all these 2K community fucking shills and fucking geeks jerking off to WWE 2K trailers and fucking Tim the Tatman and fucking, uh, what's his name? Machine Gun Kelly playing drums in the fucking promo, right? Where's the excitement for this? Everybody today is going crazy over star ratings in the fucking in the game. Oh my God, Bobby Lashley is a 91 in the game. That's great. Can I see Bobby Lashley fucking gameplay? People fucking sicken me. You absolutely sicken me. What are you getting excited over? It's like you've learned no lesson. You know, this is the same group of fucking people that came out with the last game and the abomination that it was. They're hyping this game up over NWO expansion packs. Plays the Undertaker with his Phantom of the Opera mask. You fucking kidding me? Oh my God, I'm pre-ordering a game for $130 to play as three versions of the fucking Undertaker. That's what you're excited about. That's what you're excited about. You know, I tweeted tonight. You know, I've been looking at something to get myself excited about when it comes to gaming. I'm a big Destiny 2 guy. I can't wait for the Witch Queen. I think the Witch Queen's going to be fucking fantastic. They're changing the game. They're evolving the game. I could now craft weapons in Destiny with this next expansion. There's a new raid. We got a new type of enemy. There's going to be new weapons and new grind and all this other shit. It's going to keep me busy for hours upon hours. But I'm going to need more than just Destiny, man. 
Call of Duty's dead. I can't play Call of Duty anymore. The game fucking sucks. Warzone's broken. Vanguard is in shambles. I'm looking at Elden Ring. I'm looking at Dying Light 2. Then you got uh, other games coming out. Gran Turismo's coming out, right? How many other games are coming out? We got all these great games coming out, and every one of these games I mentioned is on YouTube, and you can find gameplay of it in abundance. How much gameplay have you seen legitimately from WWE 2K22? Not one single ounce of gameplay. And people are fucking pitching tents in their fucking tracksuits, and they're fucking, and they're getting their palms all sweaty, and they got fucking cum stains all over their fucking controller. In excitement for this fucking game that they haven't seen one iota of a fucking ounce of gameplay for. You know, I've seen gameplay from these other developers for these games coming out on all these other systems. You know what that means to me? If I saw two hours of Elden Ring gameplay and the game isn't fucking out till the end of February, four months ago, then that means to me that the developers are confident and proud of what they've created. The fact that we haven't seen 2K gameplay, either A, something's going up, something's fishy, or B, WWE 2K is not confident in what they have right now and what they're set to deliver. But yet, people are pre-ordering, and people are excited, and people are this, and people are that. Please continue to shill a fucking game that nobody seems to be changing their tune on from last from last game. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. All these games, MLB, The Show, Madden, 2K, NBA, it's all the same fucking game. The only thing that's different is updated graphics, Gameplay's the same, and different rosters. Different rosters. That's my rant. Talking about 2K, because Rey Mysterio's on the fucking cover of the video game. Rey says it's such a dope moment for him to be on the cover of the video game. He said the game is so fire. Sure it is. Said he hopes to see his son on the cover someday. Dominic said he'd love that, but he has to create his legacy first. Rey Said that would mean he have to toss him over the top rope, and you're not going to do that, are you? Dominic said after his stunt last week, he would not hesitate. Ray said he thinks he's just a kid who is kidding. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus the Street Profits. This went eight minutes. Really nothing of note here. Ray eventually set up for the 619 on Montez Ford. Ford caught his legs. Ray rolled up Ford for uh, a win here, and the Mysterios win over the Street Profits because... They're on the cover of the video game, and they have to look good before the game comes out. Montez Ford is a freak of nature. He did a fucking Superman dive over the top rope that took everybody out on the outside. He's just great. And the Mysterios win this tag team match in eight minutes. After the match, Ray celebrated. Dominic tried to toss him over the top rope. Ray countered and sent Dominic tumbling to the floor with a head scissor takeover over the top rope. Ford then tossed Ray out. Dawkins then tossed Ford out. As Dawkins was celebrating in the ring, Ziggler and Bobby Roode tossed Dawkins out. A big brawl broke out with all six in the ring, and they played up the unpredictability of the Royal Rumble with all six guys battling in Rumble style or Rumble-like fashion at the end of this match. Seth Rollins was interviewed by Kevin Patrick. 
Patrick interviewed Rollins asking him about his match against Roman Reigns on Saturday. Seth says he likes Patrick a little, so he's going to give him a little inside information. He said Reigns knows he has his number. He said Reigns wants people to think highly of him, but he's the only one who can put him in his place. He said he likes to deliver his messages in person, so he will be on SmackDown Friday to deliver that message in person. So Rollins will be on SmackDown because fuck the WWE brand split. The closing segment of the show was Maurice and Miz celebrating Maurice's birthday bash. Can't wait for this feud to be over. We got Maurice in the ring with Miz. Security surrounding the ring. There's portraits and there's paintings in this big gold box wrapped up in gold wrapping. Big enough for a human being to be in there and pop out and make a sneak attack. Then there's presents all around a table with this beautiful cake that Titus clearly baked. It was perfect on the table right there in the ring. So we got these security guards outside and Miz is in the ring. Graves said there's easily seven figures worth of gifts in the ring. Miz told her to reveal her first gift. She pulled out a sheet off of the first gift and it was a painting of the Miz and Maurice together. It was a Miz and Mrs. painting that Miz had done. Maurice says he made her feel more special than the day she had their children or the day he got her the Rolls Royce, the pink Rolls Royce, and the day he got her that $500,000 ring. Miz says, I spared no expense. Sounds like fucking John Hammond from Jurassic Park. Oh, I spared no expense. Meanwhile, the T-Rex is fucking demolishing Jurassic Park. Man, that scene is fucking great. What a what an iconic scene in the original, man. The original still still stands the test of time. Jurassic Park. I was actually folding laundry uh, the other day, and Jurassic Park 3 was on. The uh, Or was it uh, Lost World? Wh- which one was it? I think it was Lost World. The last one that happened. And um, it's just not the same anymore, man. It's just not the same anymore. That first one, man, what a great fucking movie that was. Seriously. Anyway, I'd rather talk about Jurassic Park than this fucking movie, uh, this, uh, this segment with the Miz and Maurice. So no, uh, no expense was spared. Miz said there will be no Edge or Beth Phoenix to ruin this moment because he has hired security and uh, they will not allow anyone in the ring. Her next gift was a glittering jewelry box that said no limit. Miz says there's no limit to what their love can do. Maurice pointed at the big gold box. Miz says, well, I I don't know why that one was here. I thought you got that for me. And then Maurice was like, no, I didn't get you anything. And Miz was like, well, that's not mine. I didn't get you that. Then he called security in the ring to open the box. Maurice hid behind Miz. The security guy revealed that this big gold box had a brick inside. And on a little platform, on a little stand, was the brick that Maurice hit Beth Phoenix with last week in the sneak attack. Miz gloated that it was the brick Maurice used. And he said that they're always one step ahead of everybody. Miz threw the production team to the replay of the attack with the brick last week. Miz began to sing happy birthday to Maurice and I started to roll my eyes. And I could not believe that this was the last segment on what I thought was a decent Monday Night Raw. 
Edge's music interrupted his terrible singing, thank God. Miles Kennedy saves us from the terrible vocal cords of Mike Mizanin. He and Phoenix walked out. Edge has a microphone. Said they've been clever in the lead-up to their match, but that won't help them on Saturday. He and Phoenix head to the ring. Security tried to stop them, but they easily tossed all these security guards around ringside. Miz and Maurice bailed as Edge and Maurice tore up the ring and destroyed all the gifts and did some big moves on these poor security guards. Edge powerbombed a security guard through the folding table with the gifts and powerbombed him through the decorative cake that Miz had made for Maurice, and that's the way the show goes off the air. I can't wait. I can't wait for this fucking feud to be over, man. This feud has done absolutely nothing for me, and they've done nothing but Miz TV, cutting edge, celebrations, and fucking sneak attacks with bricks in purses. It, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Whoever came up with the idea for Edge to feud with The Miz. You clearly have no fucking clue, and you should be removed from the creative team. This shit sucks. I cannot wait for this shit to be over. After Rumble, if I see anything regarding Miz and Edge on that Monday night following the Rumble, WWE will have fucked up. I don't want to see it anymore. As soon as this match is over, Edge should be beginning his feud going into WrestleMania, and it should be something that is going to invest the fans and get people excited. I want to be excited about Edge. We don't have him for much longer. He needs to be in top-tier programs. Mike Mizanin and Maurice is not a top-tier program. All in all, this was a decent edition of Monday Night Raw. No, it's not Monday Night Raw turning the corner. No, it's not Monday Night Raw Uh, being a better show overall. No, it's not. Monday Night Raw going out there and burning the wrestling world down with great fucking action every week. No. It was one show in a sea of terrible shows. How many times is a clock right per day? Twice per day? Right? What's the the old saying? A watch is right twice, twice a day? WWE's got to eventually get it right sometime. Not all of them could be fucking terrible. Tonight it was a great a, a great in-ring show. It was a decent show with great in-ring action. Minus that closing set. See what happens at the Royal Rumble, man. I'll be live on Saturday night. You guys know where to find me. I'll be live on YouTube with the Royal Rumble. We're going to have a good time, man. The venue's going to be rocking and rolling. Shout out to Wrestle Rumble. For sponsoring the show tonight, man, WrestleRumble.com. Guys, do not forget to play WrestleRumble. I'll be mentioning them all week. WrestleRumble.com. You guys can go to their website, man, and choose the, the, uh, the winners and losers and answer the questions correctly. If you could get them all, great. You guys are going to win $1,000. But you guys want to win some money, man, and have some extra fun during the Royal Rumble. WrestleRumble is... A place to do that. WrestleRumble.com. One entry is going to get you $10. Uh, $10 gets you one entry. Uh, $20 is going to get you three entries. And $30 is going to get you five entries. But make sure you guys sign up, man. It's a great deal. I'm going to be playing. So I'll see you guys over there for WrestleRumble.com. That $1,000 is looking pretty sweet, man. I could do a lot with $1,000. 
That's a lot of cold beverages. Even the second place or third place, $100 prizes. That's a lot of cold beverages. I could deal with that. Maybe I'll take Jesse out to a nice taco joint, man. And extra sour cream on my tacos. Come on, honey. Bring the sour cream over to the table, man. I got I got a geek I got to fucking make jealous of. We're going to go over the super chats, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up, man. We are uh, less than 100, we- 100 away from 1,000 likes, man. 1,000 likes minimum in the venue. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Go get your T-shirts, man. Bonfire.com. We got a, a sale on Bonfire, man. All the off-the-script merchandise on Bonfire is now 15% off for this week only. Celebrating the Royal Rumble, man. Use the code JDRUMBLE for 15% off. And go and get your T-shirts, man. The only place to get OTS merchandise is Bonfire.com. And make sure you guys continue to get those Super Chats in... And hit that join button, man. Become a VIP right here on OTS. Let's start at the top. Kiana Caldwell with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, Kiana. Since when was Summer Rae ever considered a legend? She's not. Summer Rae is the furthest thing from a legend. I'm more of a legend than fucking Summer Rae. Who apparently had a meltdown on social media claiming that uh, bold middle-aged men apparently are claiming she's not a legend. You're not. You're not. Deal with it. I don't even know why they called her back, man. She's not winning the Royal Rumble. She's probably going to last about fucking three minutes in the Royal Rumble. So what's the big fucking deal about her being in the Royal Rumble? I got people claiming that she is directly involved with molding Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair. She was there at the very beginning of the horsewomen. There would not be any horsewomen without Summer Rae, I heard. (laughs) Oh, man. What's the next thing? Alicia Fox is the primary reason why Becky Lynch is where she is today. Give me a fucking break. Fucking half-witted idiots, man. Don't listen to anybody in the IWC. There's only a select few people you should be listening to, man. Me and Solomon, sir, and, and BC are the only fucking people you need to listen to. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Give me AJ Styles, Edge, WrestleMania. Yes. That is the WrestleMania match I desired for both of those guys right there. Lauren Hutton. She's got not one but two $5 Super Chats. Raw was decent tonight. Raw was decent tonight. I'm surprised. Hoping it gets better from here on out. Best matches were definitely Orton versus Gable and Owens versus Priest. Sorry, the previous Super Chat. I meant to put two decent matches. My bad, guys. WWE really has to step it up with the Riddle High School jokes. It's old now. You forgot uh, Austin Theory versus AJ Styles. Probably the best match of the night. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Vince and Bruce can make sure the RR feel like a house show. 
For a second there, I thought Theory would beat Styles, and that would have sucked. And AJ Styles needed a win. As long as they could turn Austin Theory losing into uh, a Royal Rumble number one spot, I think that would work out very well for Austin Theory. Tony Brown with a 4.99 super chat. Carmella and Bianca, killer bodies. How was your J- uh, day, JD? Yes, Tony Brown, Bianca, and Carmella are very lovely ladies. And uh, I had a semi productive day. Tuesday will be productive. We'll have uh, a new episode of Off the Script go live tomorrow. Thank you, Tony Brown. Hopefully, you're doing well, brother. Lauren Hunt with another $2 Super Chat predictions. Did you see the rumored Royal Rumble match card? The rumored Royal Rumble match card. What is rumored about the Royal Rumble match card? The Royal Rumble match card is already confirmed. If you guys are talking about the Royal Rumble line sheet of eliminations and entrance in the Royal Rumble, it was already debunked as fake. Do not believe it. If you see something floating around on Twitter, it is fake. Chris Morabitu with a $5 Super Chat times two. JD, I brought my parents to New York City and we love the GCW show live. I agree with your criticisms, yet want to root on GCW to keep better or keep getting better and become the company I know they can become. Obviously, they have a lot of work to do, but I'll be rooting for this company as long as they exist. OTS for life. Listen. Chris, you went to the show, bro. I'm glad you uh, had a great time with your pants. I'm glad you had a good time. I thought the show was fucking piss poor. And I thought GCW dropped the ball. In front of the world, they dropped the ball. Raging Girl Gamer with a 999 Super Chat. Just going to leave this here. Bruce knows what's best for WWE. And he's a part of Vince and his Kiss My Ass Club. I mean, nothing is better than that. I'm heading to bed. I gotta go to work. Uh, listen. Listen, I need I need you to, to get her... Get her fucking picture and ID. Scan the ID because uh, she's been drunk here many times. I need a fucking full-on portrait... Do not allow in. Raging Girl Gamer, man. Bruce knows what's best for WWE. Put that in quotes. People want to know why she's banned? That right there under her picture. Get her out of here. Get her out of here. No lip. Jesse, shut the... You'll be on the fucking wall with her, bro. Shut the fuck up, man. Fucking guy. Why don't you fucking start closing up the venue, man? I gotta get out of here. It's fucking geek. Jesus Christ. How many drinks was she served tonight, man? She was in and out like fucking Batman. Thank you, Otis. MGM Bowling with a 499 Super Chat. Whenever the title of the stream says something somewhat positive on a Monday, I think I'm in an alternate universe. Blue moon for me, please. Bolin, you want a lemon or an orange in your blue moon? All you guys need to know is if I say it, 
I mean it. If it's a good show, it's a good show, man. If it's a bad show, I'll let you know it's a bad show. I want to see how many people tell me I'm an AEW shill and a WWE hater after tonight's shrink. People don't know what they're talking about, man. People got this thing about me that is so misconstrued and misinformed. It is it's fucking laughable. I mean, do you watch anything I do? I just said Monday Night Raw was decent tonight. So how can I be the guy that hates WWE all the time? If it's good, I'll let you know. If it's bad, I'll let you know. WWE, for the most part, is a fucking terrible program. Jedi Joker, thank you for the nine months. Commitment to the venue, bro. Raw and good show in the same sentence. JD, are you feeling okay? Bro, I'm fine, man. I am feeling very good. LOL, just kidding, man. I don't watch Raw, but here's the nine more months. Hashtag road to gold, Mike. Jedi, we got two gold Mike members, man. We got Tan May and Stu Sexton. It's crazy. That elusive gold microphone, man. That's what it's all about. Haywood with a $5 super chat. Got home from work and turned on the TV to see The Miz singing. One part of me wants Omos to win the Royal Rumble just to see your reaction. Bro, at this point, it's not going to be Kali-esque, but uh, I'm probably going to sit here and tell you I told you so. But I don't see Omos winning the Royal Rumble. I'd rather see WWE just build the Reigns and Lesnar stuff if that's where they want to go. Omos, if he doesn't win the Rumble, he'll probably win the Elimination Champion. James Smith with a Canadian $50 Super Chat. James Smith, thank you so much, bro. I don't watch WWE, but I do watch your streams. LOL, you're the realest person that reviews this shit. I really dislike WWE for their dark history and disgusting things that they've done, destroying companies and stealing ideas as well. I appreciate you, James Smith. Thank you so much, man. It really makes me happy. It makes me proud. It makes my heart happy to know that you guys understand that I'm honest and true to you. The realest person that reviews this shit, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Felix Pizarro. Now you know why. Uh, Hooligram, get him out of the fucking venue completely, bro. 300 seconds is not enough for that fucking pussy, man. Get him out of here. Says the guy wearing an AEW hoodie. You know why I'm wearing the hoodie, Felix? Because your fucking mother says I look great in the hoodie. That's why. I actually got her on speed dial in just a little bit, man. I'm going to be giving her a call. I'm going to be driving the Stang right after the fucking show is over right to your fucking house, man. When you hear that knock on your door, that means your mother's about to get dicked down. Why do I wear the hoodie? Because it's fucking 12 degrees outside. Why do I wear the fucking hoodie? Because I look better than fucking you in the goddamn hoodie, bitch. Get the fuck out. James Smith, thank you so much, bro, for the Kanata. $50 super chat. Who names their fucking kid Felix, man? (laughs) You can tell that fucking pussy was bullied all through fucking school. Felix. (laughs) 
Joseph King becomes a new member in the venue, man. Thank you so much. What are you drinking, brother? Round is on me. Zach JD with a 499 Super Chat. You said Raw was good, but is it worth going back to watch on Hulu? Do you think we see a debut on AEW Beach Break besides Gargano? That's only up to you, man. You know, Monday Night Raw is not rewatch-worthy. It's not rewatch-worthy. Uh, I'd say uh, go back and watch the uh, academic stuff with uh, Alpha Academy. And RK, bro, that match with Orton and Gable, man, was fantastic. And maybe Theory versus AJ Styles. You could probably catch the clips on YouTube, man. Just watch the clips. Demeter Bullion, George Jetson versus Tommy Dreamer. How many fucking accounts does Demeter Bullion have, bro? Australia might 299 Super Chat. Doggy Mother J. Can Jesse and Festus be in the Hall of Fame? No. No. And I'm taking George Jetson over Tommy Dream. James Smith with the Canadian $10 Super Chat. I don't watch WWE, but I do usually watch the Royal Rumble, but not even sure if I should watch that this year. Bro, it's the Royal Rumble. Why wouldn't you watch the Royal Rumble? Just watch the fucking Rumble, bro. Also, with a $5 Super Chat, Strong is an AEW type of guy. Look forward to seeing him in the future. Rich Gamble with the 499 Super Chat. What up, JD and the OTS fam? Are you ready for the Rumble? And what are you drinking tonight? I'm currently drinking on some uh, Casamigos tequila. Sounds good, bro. Uh, I'm drinking a liquid death as per usual on this show. I can't drink during these shows, man. I uh, I refrain from drinking alcoholic beverages during any WWE or AEW shows, man. I got to be on my game. Just like you guys. You can't drink when you go to work. I can't drink when I go to work, man. Can't do it. Only when I go to the shows do I drink because more than likely I'm not going to be doing a review that night. The next day. Uh, Tyrone Johnson with a 999 Super Chat. I remember back when Rhea came to the main roster and you called her a poser. Then you started naming bands I took offense to. Look, JD, I'm a fan of you, but what's wrong with Avenged Sevenfold? Avenged Sevenfold is a female emo band, Tyrone. Avenged Sevenfold is nothing more than a Metallica ripoff. They don't know who they want to be. One album they're fucking ripping off said, but true, the next album they got fucking Portnoy drumming for them from Dream Theater or Extreme Theater, and they're trying to fucking become something that they're not. I don't like them. The one song that I have on my playlist on Spotify from Event Sevenfold is Bat Country. Because the guitar solo on that song is great. Other than that, nothing. I listen to real bands, Tyrone. Iced Earth, Symphony X, Alter Bridge, Dragon Force. Who have I li- who have I been listening to uh, lately? Uh, 
Mercenary is one of my favorite Swedish uh, Swedish death metal bands. Trivium. Cryptopsy. Cannibal Corpse. Malevolent Creation. Testament. Machine Head. Sepultura. I'm a very simple guy, bro. Very simple guy. Uh, Omega Kong with a $10 super chat. Sup, JD? Though I'm looking forward to the match, I'm disappointed in this feud. I was looking for a classic back and forth between MVP and Heyman, but that part fell short. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to the match as well. I still am, but uh, this is what they do, bro. They build up these feuds with no story because of who is in the feuds. They feel like they don't have to write. They don't have to write for it, so they don't. Uh, as I Lay Dying is a very good band. I think they're a very good brand. A uh, very good band, yeah. I can't wait for, uh, what, what, what's their name? Uh, a Legion? A Legion? They got some new music coming out too, man. Great death metal band from uh, the Midwest. Fucking awesome stuff. Uh, Undertaker with a five-month recommitment. 5-0. and oh, See y'all in St. Louis, maybe. Undertaker will be in St. Louis, but he will not be in the Royal Rumble. He's only there to support his wife, who is in the Royal Rumble. Now, I don't listen to Deicide or Morbid Angel, man. Those are, uh, those, uh, those really shift into the satanic bashing Jesus Christ category. We don't, we don't do that here. Uh, Shadows Fall, they haven't been together in fucking, Jesus Christ, how many years now? Over 10 years? They were good. Then they broke up. Uh, Jerry Ramey with a $10 super chat times two. I'm not surprised WWE screwed up Lesnar and Lashley. This match is so easy to get right, but they screwed it up. It was inevitable, sadly. Priest isn't over because WWE hasn't given us a reason to care. On the main roster, Priest went backwards. All we know is he's Bad Bunny's friend. It's Bruce's fault. No effort equals no investment. Jericho8131 with a $10 super chat. What's good, JD? And yes, Jerry, I do agree that uh, Priest has gone backwards, man. That's all you know about Damian Priest. He teamed with the Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. That's it. Jericho8131 with a $10 super chat. What's good, JD? It's been a while since I left the super chat. Did you see about Nikki Bella wanting to be the first woman to win the men's Royal Rumble? All Laurinaitis has to do is pull a few strings. Women don't belong in the Men's Royal Rumble. That's why they created a Women's Royal Rumble for you to compete in. Stay out of the fucking men's match. Captain Solo with a $10 super chat. Vince McMahon looking like a walker from The Walking Dead. Guy, get this guy off my TV. He's gone way past his expiration date. I'd rather watch Annoying Stephanie. Yeah, Vince is looking terrible, bro. Gary Sphere with a membership, bro. I'm surprised that you're becoming a new member, bro. I thought you were already a member. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking? Double shot of yay for uh, Gary Sphere. On the ball, Jesse. This fucking guy's eating tacos, man. Uh, Manic Destroyer, my boy Kotz, with a four-month recommitment. Thank you, man. Fuck, I could have bought a king-size Reese's Pieces with this money. I don't blame you for that one, man. 
I love Reese's, man. Put them in the freezer. The pretzel ones, fantastic. Fantastic, man. Hope you're doing good, bro. Now you guys are naming bands, bro. Seven Dust, I do listen to. Hypocrisy, I don't. Necrophagist, I don't. Imagine Dragons, I do not listen to. Destruction, I do not listen to. James Smith with a $20 Canadian Super Chat. Your predictions have been right all year. Those Reddit comments were clearly people that were pissed off and don't watch your show. Keep up the awesome work, good brother. Thank you so much, man. No in sync, man. AFI. No. I don't listen to Fozzie, man. Fozzie's best songs are off their first album. All the originals off Fozzie's first album are their best songs. Everything after that is a, is a fucking joke. I don't listen to Rage Against the Machine. Death Angel I do listen to. Soil Work. Yes. Dream Theater. Yes. Opeth. No. Opeth is too boring to me. Shakoy with a $5 super chat. Clowns are attacking Amanda Huber's tweet on support of Free Ali, but only, but not only her, but other wrestlers like Mia Yim and Fuego Del Sol. I don't give a fuck who's attacking who, man. Everybody attacking Amanda and Mia and Fuego are a bunch of fucking unintelligent buffoons. Fear Factory, absolutely I listen to Fear Factory. Their new album was fucking great. Kelly with a $5 super chat. Set the World on Fire by Symphony X is a great song. Absolutely. My favorite Symphony X song is... Jeez, I don't even know what the fuck my favorite Symphony X song is, man. Kiss of Fire, maybe. Yes, I do listen to Slipknot. Yes. Pull up for my Valentine. No. Do I listen to the Deftones? Eh. Sometimes. Five Finger Death Punch. No. Kelly with a fight off Super Chat. You know what's legendary than Alicia Fox and Summer Ray JD? The fat slob Dennis from Jurassic Park falling in the waterfall like a cartoon character. Yeah. Dennis was great, man. Newman. Newman from Seinfeld. One of the best shows of all time. Uh, Stone Sour, no. Hooligram. I think Stone Sour sucks. Iron Maiden, no. I think Iron Maiden is boring. Do I listen to Vader? Yes, I do listen to Vader. I think Vader's a great band. Fucking brutal, too. Uh, Brian Jaffe with the $5 Super Chat. I don't see how this Edge Glamazon versus Miz and Maurice is going to come... Close to best friends versus Cole and Baker match we just got. Pathetic feud. Yes, I I, I don't listen to the Deftones. I just drink their beer. Yes. Mudvayne? Eh. Static X? Hooligram, you're going back to my fucking high school days, bro. 
Motorhead, no. Skinless. Kotz and I used to listen to Skinless back in the day, man. Do I listen to Tremonti? Absolutely. Tremonti's one of my favorite guitar players. His solo stuff is fantastic. Power Man 5000, Hooligram, you're, you're still in high school, bro. Slayer, of course I do. Not so much anymore, but they're on uh, the they're on the playlist. Disturbed? Nah, not so much. Old stuff. Uh, yes, Brian Jaffe. Uh, the Cole Baker match with the best friends is uh, gonna blow the Edge and Miz feud out of the water. Yeah. Uh, how good would a Hook Dante feud be down the road? Pretty good. Anything hook, man. Dying fetus, absolutely. Dying fetus is fucking great, man. John Gallagher from Dying Fetus is one hell of a guitar player, man. Into Eternity, absolutely. I can't wait for that new stuff. Stu Block is back in Into Eternity. Uh, Ricardo. Ricardo has donated. He's got a $5 UK Super Chat. Thanks for always making my day, JD. You've always been spot on and entertaining with your reviews. Thank you so much, man. Brandon James Shea with a $2 Super Chat. JD, you do a good job. I know. Thank you, Brandon. Guns and Roses. I do not, but I will be seeing Slash with Miles in March. Kelly, I do not listen to Stain. Well, you guys are naming some terrible fucking band. Marilyn Manson trapped. Uh, Iced Earth is not done. John Schaefer will be back, man. There's no way that man gives it up. Sam Mech 7 with a three-month membership. Thank you, bro. I'm with Rage. Bruce Pritchard knows what's best for business. Here's to the new WWE champion. Oh, my. Oh, I like to call the Yeti 2.0. Sam Mack, I may have to kick you out of here, bro. Papa Roach, I do listen to Papa Roach. They're one of my guilty pleasures, man. But they're, uh, uh, Mr. Wicked, I will, Mr. Wicked in the chat. I, I will, I will be at the same show. More than likely, I will be at, the, if it's not fucking sold out. I just bought myself an $8,000 fucking Panerai watch, man. Hopefully it's not sold out. Papa Roach is my guilty pleasure, man. Their new music sucks, though. Whatever they whatever they just released is fucking terrible. Carmine! My buddy Carmine, bro. Just showing some love, buddy. I've been busy at work lately. Keep killing it as always, man. Hopefully you and the wife are good, buddy. I will, uh, I will definitely be seeing you soon, for sure. Aaron King with a $5 Super Chat. New potential pre-stream song. Let it burn by Citizen Soldier. Is it copyright free? If it's not copyright free, I can't use it. Also, will there be a Royal Rumble watch-along Saturday? Just asking. No. I don't do watch-alongs, man. Everybody does a watch-along. It's the uh, thing to do. I I stay away from the popular trends. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 Super Jack. Six months until I get my old, my gold mic. 
If I ever become a mod, I'll bench mouthy geeks like Omas. We'll probably toss guys over the top rope on Saturday. Dr. Disrespect, clearly. Limp Biscuit's new album was fucking putrid. Uh, I will keep my mouth shut on Nirvana, Hulagrim. Hey, do you want you want a list of bands? Look, I got I got a list of bands in my Spotify. You want you want a list of bands that you guys should really be listening to? Hold on. Michael Romeo is one of my favorite guitarists. If you don't know Michael Romeo, go look him up. Obviously, John Petrucci. I love the band Hawken. You guys need to listen to fucking Hawken, man. If you guys like Dream Theater, Hawken. They're touring with Symphony X in May, man. I can't wait. They are so fucking good. Uh, Power Theory. Andy James is another great guitar player. Um, Three Inches of Blood. I used to love them, man. Warbringer. Theocracy. Great prog metal band from Atlanta, man. Holy shit, they are so good. Silosis. Stuck Mojo. Old Stuck Mojo before Rich Ward joined Fozzie. Stefan Forte. Excellent guitar player from France. Old Soulfly. Soil Work. Old Six Feet Under. Shine Down. Seven Dust. Sepultura. Old Sepultura. Everything after Chaos AD is shit. Scar Symmetry. Savage Circus. Pyramaze. Excellent fucking. I wish I could do some of their songs on the goddamn stream, man. They are fucking great. Pantera. Overkill. Nile. Mutiny Within. Obviously Metallica and Megadeth. Malevolent Creation. Uh, Slipknot. Creator. One of the best thrash metal bands ever. Creator. Judas Priest. Obviously you got your, your, your classics. Journey, Kansas, Rush, Jethro Tull. Into Eternity. In Flames. Old In Flames. Havoc. The Haunted. Old Hate Eternal. Godsmack. Firewind. Fear Factory. Exodus. Evil. Dying Fetus. Dream Theater. Dragon Force. Dio. Can't leave out Ronnie James Dio, bro. Devil Driver. Old Devil Driver, though. Death Angel. Cryptopsy. The Crown. Collective Soul. Can't leave out Collective Soul, man. My dad got me on Collective Soul when we were fucking very, very young. Uh, Chimera, old Chimera. They're not together anymore. Borealis, Brainstorm. Excellent European band. Blind Guardian. Black Dahlia Murder. At the Gates. A Legion. Allison Chains. Adagio 
Heist, Earth Symphony X, Tremonti, Alter Bridge, Papa Roach, Machine Head, Miles Kennedy, Testament, Cannibal Corpse, Trivium, Dragon Force. Those are some of the bands, guys. <clears throat> Demo Borgir is great, too. Old Demo Borgir. Now, let me run through these super chats, man. I'm getting fucking tired here. Jerry with a 499 super chat. No Bell Evers, Becky. Suck it, geeks. Demeter Bullion, the king of iced coffee and Nia Jax. Listen to Australian bands, Hockey Dad and Sticky Fingers. No thank you. Zach JD with a 199 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on the subgenre gent? No thank you. Not my style. 499 T Money. Tell Jesse to put the tacos down. I tried, bro. I can't. The guy's a fucking taco addict. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. JD, do you like punk rock? No. Fulagrim with a $5 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on Activision resurrecting Guitar Hero? Bro, listen, I, I suck at Guitar Hero. Do you want to know who was great at Guitar Hero? Kotz. Manic Destroyer was a fucking pro at Guitar Hero, man. I watched him personally do shit that I couldn't even fucking even learn myself. I was in the real band, and he was a Guitar Hero fucking pro. It's amazing. I always told him, you know, I wonder, I wonder if he actually picked up a real guitar, what he would do with a fucking real guitar if he played Guitar Hero so well. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. They were all over the fucking place with these super chats, man. Jesus Christ, you guys are crazy. Adrenaline Mob. Of course I like Adrenaline Mob, man. I love my boy Russell Allen. Sir Russell Allen. Can't forget Adrenaline Mob. I'm looking forward to New Symphony X, to be quite honest with you. We're about to get out of here, guys. I appreciate you all very much. You love that shit. I know, man. I see. I saw. I saw, man. I'm pretty sure if they came out with a resurrected Guitar Hero, you'd probably be all over that, man. You might be a little rusty at first, but you'll get the hang of it again. Unless you got arthritis in your old age. I don't know. Danny Huckins. Oh, there you go, bro. I'm sorry, bro. How can I miss your fucking Super Chat, man? I'm sorry. 199 Super Chat. Carnifex is a good band if you love heavy. Never heard of him, bro. Never heard of him, man. Guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. Thank you guys so much for uh, an enjoyable stream. We did it all tonight, man. Broke Monday Night Raw down, which was a decent show. We talked about uh, all the happenings going into the Royal Rumble. We talked about Ronda Rousey. We talked about Roderick Strong and the news and rumors on them. We talked music. You guys want to know what the fuck I listened to, man. I'm happy to talk music with you guys. But I got to get out of here, man. I beat it a lot. The wrists are shot. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Of course they are. Uh, Listen, guys. I'll be back tomorrow with Off the Script at some point in the afternoon. Then we got NXT tomorrow night. Wednesday, Dynamite. Thursday, Off the Script. Friday, SmackDown. Saturday, Rumble. It's going to be a busy week, man. It's going to be a very busy week. Follow me on social media for all the happenings. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit the subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. 
Hit that thumbs up, guys. We're 19 away from 1,000 likes. Minimum. Before I roll this window up, man, can I get fucking 1,000 likes on the stream? Come on. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, hit the thumbs up. And Bonfire, man. Bonfire.com. Code JD Rumble for 15% off. And speaking of Rumble, go and check out Wrestle Rumble and enter the Wrestle Rumble Royal Rumble contest. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I need two things before I get out of here, though. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustang emojis, if you got them. And number two, guys, when that music comes on and that guitar solo hits, I need that music on max. I will see you all tomorrow for Off The Script and NXT tomorrow night right here live on OTS. I'll see you guys later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.